before we get into the meat, I was just enjoying the fact that the two buttons that I have when you pop up on the call, or I guess anybody pops up on this Libsyn Connect call, is admit or deny. <laughs> I just like deny being the, the other option. Because you could just like leave them there. But I wonder, but I guess deny probably just cuts them immediately. Yeah, probably. I, I don't know what would happen if you hit deny. <laughs> would I not be able to enter the call at all? Would, would I have to close my tab and open yeah, like it back ever. up again? Yeah, yeah. yeah like bans it just, you. It just, it just remembers my <laughs> IP address and it's like, oh, sorry, he was denied once. All right, should we get going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, all might right. as well. <laughs> Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 7, Episode 10, the season finale, Seinfeld is what it's called. But before that, what's the deal <laughs> with stuff from our last episode, The Table Read. Dr. Randall Park makes an appearance at the end of the last episode, and we wanted to know what he was up to around this time in 2009. Uh, Randall Park, born in 74. He's a, an actor, comedian, screenwriter, film director, both best known for his role as uh, Lewis in the ABC sitcom Fresh Off the Boat, which ran for five years, starting in 2015. Uh, born and raised in L.A., graduated with a bachelor's in English with a concentration in creative writing and a minor in Asian American studies from UCLA in 97 and then remained at UCLA partly to continue acting with LCC which is the largest and longest running on-campus Asian American theater company that he co-founded oh whoa yeah and he later completed his master's degree in Asian American studies in 99 so I like that he was like man college is just so great you know acting in this theater group I guess I'll just get another degree <laughs> kind of like Kind of like the Van Wilder plan, but like, but actually graduating. You know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he co-founded the, after they finally were like, look, you can't hang out at the college anymore. Uh, he co-founded the Propaganda Theater Group with a few other LCC alumni uh, after that. And their first production was of The Achievers, which was written by one of the LCC co-founders in 01. Uh, it was also around the same time Randall Park began doing stand-up comedy in his backyard during propaganda shows. He made his screen debut as the lead in a 2003 short film called Dragon of Love, which won Best Short Film at the Hawaii International Film Festival that year. He co-wrote and starred in the feature film American Fusion, which was directed by a UCLA alumnus named Frank Lin, which won the uh, Audience Award at the Hawaii International Film Festival in 05. And that film, I mentioned, because it was actor Pat Morita's last role before his death in November of that year. Pat Morita, of course, famous from the Karate Kid movies as Mr. Miyagi. Early in his career, when Randall Park didn't have a talent agent, he would book roles through diversity showcases at different television networks. In 2006... Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I'd never heard of these. I, I guess maybe they're kind of like open casting calls for, you know, for minorities and stuff like that. I, I don't know. But in 06, he was featured in the 2006 CBS Diversity Showcase. In 03, he had like one-offs on Reno 911 and Alias and ER. So he was like working. A big role for him I did not know about was when he was 32 in like 06 or 07, he was a cast member on MTV's Wild and Out. He was on like a ton of episodes of Wild and Out, uh, hmm. which I have never seen. You, wait, you've never seen an episode of Wild and Out? No. That's that... the story from this. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I've never seen an episode of Ridiculousness either. There was just, there was just, uh, a, time on, there was just a time on MTV when I'm, like, not interested. That's like Nick Cannon's show, right? Wild and Out? Mm -hmm. Was it yeah. a sketch show? 
No, it's uh, it was like the roast kinda, battle show. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a it's a okay. battle rap show. Okay, but like I was uh, I was in seventh grade when it yeah. was popular, which means I was thirteen. Which means you were like twenty three. You were like the prime audience. I should have been watching it. Yeah, you should have been watching it when it came on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I was into. But. <laughs> He was he, he was working at Starbucks too to supplement his income. But yeah, he was on sixteen episodes of Wild and Out. Also three episodes of Mad TV. And here are his huh. roles. Here are his roles. Bobby's cousin. So I think we know <laughs> fellow uh Curb Your Enthusiasm alum. What's his name? Um remember he was on an episode. Well, maybe I'm misremembering. Bobby Lee. Yeah, there we go. Um so I'm sure he played Bobby Lee's cousin in like an episode. I'm just kind of guessing. And uh, another one of his roles was Ando. And then uh, the final role uh, that he played on Mad TV on his three episodes was Korean Man. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. At least oh, they. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> At least, I mean, he is actually of Korean descent, I think. I, for some reason, I didn't put that in here, but I think they at least got that right. He found works. He was actually finding work scarce in 09 due to the recession happening and a potential SAG after strike happening at the beginning of 09. So he started focusing on his own projects and doing like shorts and sketches, a lot of it online. There's something called Channel 101, which is like a live showcase of short films that that you make. You kind of like make a a pilot every single week um, and then you show it at this Channel 101. And then they started doing like, they started having an online presence, kind of like an alternative YouTube. But he was in Ikea Heights, which was a 2009 YouTube series that was filmed in Ikea without the staff's permission or anybody noticing or anything like that. It was like guerrilla filmmaking. <laughs> I've only heard of this show. I've never checked it out, but it always oh sounded my like a God. cool concept to me. It sounded like that Disneyland movie that they made without asking permission. I forget what that's called, but that I always wanted to see that as well. Uh, he was in Dinner for Schmucks in 2010, so um, probably not a huge role, but at least you know a big motion picture. And in 2012, of course, a lot of people still remember him from his role as Asian Jim from The Office when they play a prank on uh, Dwight to make it seem like he never noticed that Jim is actually Asian. Um, Also pre-curb around this time, Park was a frontman for the San Francisco Bay Area hip-hop, jazz, rock, fusion band Ill Again, and then he later formed the rap group Novelist with former Ill Again MC Andrew Johnson. Uh, (laughs) In this group, Park went by the rap name Randruff, and they released an album... They released an album called Bookends in 2008, which I can't believe I didn't think of looking up until right now. So let me see if the novelists <laughs> is actually on. Oh, my gosh, they are. Is It's on Spotify? Yeah, but where's... I don't oh see Randall God. Park in this. Maybe this is a different novelists. What's it? Bookends. Yeah, I don't see Bookends. This is definitely a, a different novelist. This, these guys ah. look like a... Uh, like a uh, Lincoln Park cover band. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, oh wait, here's the novelist. Maybe that. No, I still don't see Randall Park. Maybe bookends is a part. Let me just see if these guys. Son of a. Come on. All right. Ajax. Okay, so here's what they're listed under on Spotify. Ajax and Randruff. So if you want to listen to Randall Park <laughs> rap, you can check that out. I, I will definitely be looking into that later. But that came out in 2008, so you know a little bit before this uh, came out. And of course, he was in I a movie that I think I try to forget exists every time I find out about it. But it sounds like a like a scary movie parody movie that maybe you have seen. <laughs> it's called the 41 year old virgin who knocked up Sarah Marshall <laughs> and felt super bad about it. 
We talked about doing that for the Patreon. I thought before. I thought it sounded familiar, and I was like, yeah. "That sounds like some, a movie I tried to that's, push out of my brain." That, that's something that we talked about doing for the Patreon with the downvoter. Oh my gosh! Yeah, because obviously, get him on, on for a a a, a mid year special instead of just the Christmas special. Yeah, obviously it's a parody of Apatow movies, um, and mm-hmm. he plays in that Randall Park plays <laughs> Officer Yo Ass. So I don't know what the deal with that is. I know. <laughs> So yeah, I'm sure God there's. I'm sure it's not an ethnic joke uh, in any way. No, I'm sh- no, I'm sure no. it's not. I'm I'm sure it. I'm sure it's very respectful to all uh, to all creeds and cultures. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure that it holds up very well to yeah. this day. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm down with doing that for the Patreon, especially now that Randall Park has been a part yes. of the uh, Curb Cinematic yes. Universe. <laughs> Um, so that that's all the homework we had about Randall Park. I know it was a ton, but I it, it, he was very active before you know getting his big break uh, and just kind of just kind of chugging along. But it was interesting in all of the different ways he was doing this. Like not you know not a lot of the typical stuff. It was like I'm just making my own short films and winning awards and doing online shit and rapping and and then all of a sudden you know all of a sudden it all started paying off. Um, <laughs> hanging out with Nick Cannon. So uh, here's some other trivia and tidbits. In this episode, a feud erupts between Larry David and Jason Alexander over a pen. And in the Seinfeld episode, The Pen from 91, George was not in the episode at all. I remember talking about this after the episode and finding out that Jason Alexander was so pissed that he wasn't in the episode that he was like, if, if George isn't going to be in the episode, I'll walk. I'm, I'm not going to be a part of the show. And so he threatened to quit. <laughs> I remember. I remember yeah. that. Um, and so there was a televised fe- So that's why that's where this sort of feud about the pen came about in Curb Your Enthusiasm. They're literally fighting over a pen instead of the pen, Larry and Jason, in the show. Uh, and the real life feud, of course, was about the pen. So just kind of a, another interesting reunion Easter egg there. Uh, Michael Richards, of course, we didn't mention this. Well, maybe we did, but Michael Richards is worried that he has Groats disease, and of course, Groats is the made-up medical condition from Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, The Thong, from I think like season two or three or something like that. It's, yeah, it's early a, on, yeah, early sure. on, so that that it popped back up. Uh, Jeff Garland, I did not realize this from the table read, but this makes it twenty times funnier. Uh, Jeff Garland has a recurring role on Wizards of Waverly Place. And Wizards of Waverly Place is a, is a huge plot point on the episode when when the little really? girl yeah the little girl asks Larry if he watches Wizards of Waverly Place and he goes I do not I'm an adult Jeff Garland is on three episodes playing Kelbo Rus- Kelbo Russo the brother of Jerry and Megan now I don't know what I'm talking about here I literally just copied and pasted this he is the brother-in-law of Teresa as well as the uncle of Justin Alex and Max and he sometimes takes on his other persona as the famous singer Shakira. So don't ask me. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. Holy shit. I know. <laughs> like I've seen a, a lot of episodes of this show. <laughs> Apparently I've never seen any episodes with Kelbo Russo. With Kelbo. <laughs> Jesus. I know. I thought that was absolutely hilarious that, uh, no, I don't watch Wizards of Waverly Blaze. I'm an adult. I am an adult. Yeah. <laughs> his friend is God. Yeah. So okay, Jerry is his brother. Okay. So yeah, the 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 uh he's the dad's brother then. Okay, okay. Da- dad played by who plays Jerry? Um I've seen him in like Dairy Queen commercials. If it's not um, Demi Lovato, I, I have uh no David DeLuise. Ah, okay. What kind of commercials is he in? He was in like a Dairy Queen commercial. Oh, okay. And then speaking of Jeff Garland, I, I would save this for news, except it's almost a year old. While I was researching 
the last episode, I Googled something that led me to, man, what was it? It was, I was Googling like Jason Alexander and, oh, I was Googling Curb Your Enthusiasm and Eric Andre. Because I wanted to see if there was ever an interview where Eric talked about being on the show. And I couldn't find anything. But that's why this popped up. Uh, because uh, this is from Deadline. And I don't remember talking about this. Maybe we did. From November of 22, iHeartMedia is launching its latest slate of original podcasts. Uh, with shows from the likes of Rosie O'Donnell, Jason Alexander, Eric Andre, and Amber Ruffin. As well as The History of Curb Your Enthusiasm with Susie Essman and Jeff Garland. Oh my god. Will launch in January, so it was supposed to have launched eight months ago, and it was going to feature. Sure didn't. Yeah, it was going to feature. I looked everywhere. I was like, "Holy shit! How do we miss this?" First of all, how do we miss the announcement? But also, I'm like, uh, maybe, but no, it, it hasn't recorded any episodes yet. But the they Jeff Garland and Susie Essman were going to watch the uh, the show episode by episode, have cast members on to break down every episode of the HBO series. Then I'm oh, like, oh yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's a plague with podcasting yes, right now. Yeah, is I totally. mean if you're if you're gonna get like people from the show, is that it's not like the main people. Yeah. Like yeah, obviously, yeah. like us talking about it is a different thing because you know we're just we're just fans and, yeah. or or someone who's never seen the show before. But like even bringing it back to Wizards of Waverly Place, there's a Wizards of Waverly Place podcast no hosted way. by David DeLuise. <laughs> And the girl who played Selena Gomez's best friend, Harper. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. Like they, obviously, they couldn't get Selena Gomez. They didn't get David Henry. They didn't get the kid who plays the, the youngest son. They didn't get the mom who plays Teresa. No, they got Harper. <laughs> Wait, was Demi Lovato and- not on that show? No, you're thinking oh. of Sunny with a Chance. Oh yeah, I guess you're please, right. Please, Tim, please. <laughs> Also, I, I found only... the uh, I found the commercial that David DeLuise was oh, in. Oh, okay. Uh, it was uh, KFC Original Recipe Bites from 2012. You know who I always you know who I always mix up young Selena Gomez with is I always think Selena Gomez was on iCarly because I think she looked a lot like Melania. You're uh, thinking of uh, Victoria Cos- Justice. No, I'm thinking or, of Cosgrove. Miranda, Miranda Cosgrove. Cos- yes. Okay. I'm thinking of Miranda Cosgrove because they looked t- similar when they were young to me. Oh, okay. Someone who only saw them in like commercials or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's why I always thought Demi was on Wizards. But uh, yeah, so I, I couldn't I couldn't believe that A, we didn't hear about this show or I'd forgotten about it and B, that it hadn't launched yet. I guess maybe, I mean, I don't remember when Jeff Garland got canceled, but maybe that's what canceled the podcast. Let me see. Jeff Garland canceled. <laughs> Let's see what comes up. Garland played Murray Goldberg, husband of McClendon, Covey's Beverly, and the patriarch of the Goldberg clan, before leaving right. the show mid-season in December of 2021. His exit followed in an well, HR investigation and multiple complaints of onset misconduct, which included alleged inappropriate sexual comments and unwanted hugs. So that was over a year yeah. before the Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast was set to air with iHeart with iHeartRadio. I mean, it was like, yeah, basically a year, and then they announced it or whatever, and then, yeah, so it was post-cancellation, so that's not what did it. I don't know what. Yeah. I don't know what. Oh, yeah, here's here's an update here. Canceled actor somehow gets a major Netflix role from December of 2022. Ah. Canceled actor Jeff Garland, who is no longer welcome on the sitcom The Goldbergs, has a new Netflix original. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Uh, Never Have I Ever as a Netflix sitcom that follows life and high school trials and tribulations of Indian oh, yeah, American teenager Debbie. I, yeah. um, I don't think this ever came out. 
Never Have I Ever came out. Yeah. I I know I've heard that. It's out, but I don't think Jeff Garland's on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he he might be. Let me see. Never Have I Ever, Jeff Garland. Jeff Garland joins Never Have I Ever final season after the Goldbergs' departure. So it was already in their final season. So it's not like it could have gotten canceled or anything. Yeah, yeah. Like he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So I don't know what's going on with that. If we're ever, if it's ever going to see the light of day, but the Eric Andre podcast that supposedly was coming out, I don't know if it ever did, was bombing with Eric Andre. And then Jason Alexander's podcast did end up getting off the ground. Really, no, really, with Jason Alexander and Peter Tilden. Ugh. I don't know what Ugh. the yeah, it's uh, society and culture <laughs> is the. I don't know what the angle is, but I guess they just shoot the shit. I have no idea. But it is an iHeart podcast, and it and it has new episodes coming out. Because I would totally listen to <laughs> they, the history they, they of Kirby Enthusiasm. They don't make the Eric Andre podcast easy to find if, yeah, yeah. Uh, if it's still being a thing. Because I just Googled the name of the show, yeah. and here, here it is being posted on... Here's a link to it being posted on Elvis Duran Presents... There's a link to it being posted on the feed for the Ron Burgundy podcast. Yeah. Um, an article about the show being launched. No, like, here's how you can listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's, it, it may be, we may, this may actually be breaking news now that this should have been in the news section because I saw that um, Vanessa Bear, her podcast, How Did We Get Weird with her brother Jonah that she does, their episode that they posted on August 10th is called introducing bombing with eric andre so they posted like a one minute teaser for yeah eric andre, andre's new podcast okay is that what you found too yeah yeah, yeah. I, I found like a snippet of it yeah. being posted on a bunch of different rss feeds for right. other shows yeah yeah but like even though it's an iheart show there's no here's the link for actual this page. show yeah, here's no how page. you can listen to this show yeah, <laughs> it's it's like if you ask somebody, oh, what happened at the party? And they just tell you, oh, man, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't <laughs> believe it. It was a movie. But what <laughs> fucking happened? And if I-, I, I found I found the link for really, no, really. And it looks like it is still being updated. It looks like it's yeah. still the last going. August 8th. Yeah. Yeah. With Adam Carolla. Um, there's one. It looks like it's just uh, Jason and Peter. Yeah. talking it looks like there's a couple it's just uh jason and peter so but there, there's a few that are like on the iheart style on the iheart website you can search for bombing with eric andre and it comes up there the first episode is up it was released august 9th of this year of this year yeah okay just all right just a little bit we'll ago see, yeah see how long it goes for i know <laughs> so that one launched so maybe now that you know eric andre's podcast that was announced in november of 22 is finally launching this week. Maybe the history of Curb will finally get off the ground. Hmm. I'm I'm all for it. I want to listen. I would listen to that. Okay, well that's all I have then. That's all for uh, trivia and tidbits and a little bit of pre-news. <laughs> all right. Um do we have any homework or anything? Any other any other news or anything? Uh, I, I do want to mention so I, I took a big trip too the same week that I think you were no, the week before you went out of town, but I, I went to uh, Legoland Resort in New York, which was fun. It's a fun theme park for the kids. But we had a free day and so with our because we went to the park two days on Thursday and Saturday, and in between we had a free day. And so with that free day, somehow the family talked themselves into going to New York City, which is about um, <laughs> you know an hour away from where we were. Uh, yeah. And I I couldn't drag the family to Tom's Diner, uh, oh, to Monk's Restaurant. Man, yeah. I couldn't drag the family man. to Tom. But 
we were on the Upper West Side towards the end of the day around dinner time. So we we went all around the city. We did Times Square. We did the Empire State Building. We did Battery Park because my daughter wanted to see the Statue of Liberty. Um, mm -hmm. But I forgot just how far away the Statue of Liberty is from Battery Park. So it was really a waste of time. <laughs> um, my son wanted to see the American Museum of Natural History, which is right on the park uh, in like Central Park West. And we did that. And after that, it was dinner time. And I was like, well, you know, we're around. We're on the Upper West Side. This is like a food mecca. Well, We'll find a great place to get food. And, and Sarah really wanted Italian food because, hey, we're in New York, right? And so a couple a few blocks down and a couple blocks over, there was a restaurant that I found just by Googling Italian and near me. And at the second I turned the corner, I was like, that's a Seinfeld location. I just recognized <laughs> it for some reason. Doing those deep dives every week burned it into my brain because it's only in one episode, but it's called Papardale or Papardale, something like that. And it is the it's simply the exterior because, you know, they never shot in the actual restaurants like Herbwood. It is the yeah. exterior of the restaurant where Jerry is dating a girl who like is sucking the salt off of some almonds or cashews or something. And oh, he doesn't yeah. know she's been doing that. And he puts them in her mouth or puts them in his mouth and he gets disgusted by the by that. And she's disgusted that he was disgusted by putting something she had in her mouth in his mouth. So that begins the something the relationship issue that in that episode i forget exactly uh what happens but it is the episode the doodle which was the 20th episode of the sixth season and so i got my picture in front of and i'll put this on instagram it'll be up by the time uh, anybody hears this i did get my picture in front of a seinfeld uh shooting location and so and we actually ate there too which was awesome and and it's funny i was sitting there you know at dinner and it was earlier in the day when I was like posting instagram stories and stuff and i started getting messages from nick kudla uh, lives in New York. And, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Oh man," he was like, "I, you know, I'm, I'm right near there. It would have been so cool to meet up." And I was like, "Oh yeah, that would have been great." We're not staying in the city though, because he was asking if we were like staying. Or I was like, "No, we got to go back to Goshen." But you know, it was it was uh, it was cool talking to him a little bit um, over Instagram about that. But it was a a fun trip, and I'm glad I at least got one Seinfeld location in uh, while I was there. But that is it. All right. Well, uh, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show, despite the last <clears throat> 57 <laughs> minutes. I know. Who being uh, a lot of <laughs> bullshit, being a lot. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 14 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over anything, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at nohugging on Twitter or nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com. Both of those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook threads no hugging underscore no learning please please do that because whenever we post something we are currently posting it for ourselves to, uh, to, make, <laughs> to make ourselves laugh and uh, there's there's lots of uh, there's lots of funny seinfeld and curb content out there that I, I mean we're just kind of you know aggregators of as well as you know clips of our own show but that, it, it's good <laughs> it's good stuff that i want to post there that i want people <laughs> to see again no hugging underscore no learning for instagram and threads um if you like us you can give us a five-star rating on apple podcasts as well as a written review or a five-star rating over on spotify if you've already done that or maybe you don't listen on either of those apps uh just find the rss feed if you like us a little bit more than that 
Patreon.com slash nohugging is our members-only club where you can get early access to extended versions of every episode. I'm afraid of how long this one is going to be for Patreon. (laughs) Probably two hours plus. My God, it's going to be so... So long. Uh, but yeah, that's patreon.com slash no hugging, where for five bucks a month, you can join the It's a Hyundai tier, get that, and exclusive movie reviews. So shout out to the people who have jumped on the Patreon bandwagon. Liam M., Michael Klatsky, Drybones, Nate Collins, Tamara Ortiz, the guys and gals over at the Idiotville Podcast, John Murphy, Danica Ligorio, and J-Dog Conlord. You mentioned him a couple of minutes ago, but Nick Kudla. Shout out Nick Kudla Woo! again. Adam Webb, Megan Stolarski. Thank you guys so much. Again, patreon.com slash no hugging. All of that being said, season seven, episode 10, Seinfeld. Original air date was November 22nd, 2009. And if you're looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see in the season seven finale, (laughs) a returned favor costs Larry quality time with Cheryl. Ah, interesting. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's that bad. Uh, we'll have to see at the end. So we open up at rehearsal for the Seinfeld reunion. Jason and Cheryl are rehearsing. Uh, it's going very well, and Larry tells her that she's doing fantastic. Everyone loves her. Uh, this is the scene that we saw on the table read where Jason is saying he lost all their money to Bernie Madoff, and she's saying that no, he was wearing a jacket I didn't like, so I pulled out my money the next day. So I still have my half of your millions. They, it, you know, Larry's saying that they all are, are really love you and you're doing a great job. And Cheryl and Larry have a little moment. So it seems like it is working. Uh, Larry's plan. Walking on the lot, Larry finds out that uh, I think this is with J- uh, Jeff. No, who's he walking with? I don't know. But he does find out, maybe it's Jerry, I don't know, but he does find out that Michael Richards does not have Groat's disease. Uh, The doctor misdiagnosed him, so he's going to be fine. And Cheryl, uh, maybe he's walking with Cheryl. This must have been him walking out with Cheryl. Cheryl asks him to meet later to go over some stuff with the script. Maybe you can come over uh, to my house. You know, they're both going to this party for Jason Alexander's book that Julia Louis-Dreyfus is throwing. And so after that party... Uh, come on over and we'll we'll go over the script. Meanwhile, Larry notices Jason Alexander's tinted windows, tinted windows on his Mercedes that are like way too much that, you know, Cheryl's like, oh, he likes his privacy. And Larry doesn't think he's a big enough celebrity to need tinted windows <laughs> for privacy. <laughs> and then Mocha Joe comes by and he's taking some coffee to the production office. And so Larry's like, oh, I have some jumper cables. Can you return them to uh, Tim Kaiser for me? And so he gives Mocha Joe the jumper cables and, and he's like, that's it. And Larry's like, yeah, that's it. Just, uh, you know, jumper cables on the on the at the prod office. And, and so uh, the interaction ends kind of on that. There's kind of an awkward note there that we're going to find out about later. So over at Julia Louis-Dreyfus's house, Larry and Jeff are walking in and they're talking about how things are going great with Cheryl and how he's going over there later tonight. And Jeff says, you've got to make a move. This is prime making a move time that's definitely what she wants uh, larry is not confident in his making a move abilities uh he runs into jerry inside and they are talking about jason Ale- alexander's book acting without acting <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a very thin book they they both they both comment i'm glad that was a, a plot point because if they had not talked about it we would have had to it was like they didn't make this book big enough, you know. Yeah, for like yeah, it's a, it's very it's very thin. <laughs> it almost you know when a book is so thin it doesn't have a spine. It's almost that thin when it creases. Yeah, it, it doesn't have a spine. If you if you didn't notice, it's it's stapled in the middle. 
Yeah. Oh, so I guess it. I guess it is like one. Of, I guess it is that thin. I thought it, they kind of had like a, a. Well, maybe the cover is sort of like folded into a fake spine, so that it doesn't show that like you know that it doesn't come together in a square like most books. It comes together in a in an angle in a triangle. Yeah, because it's very pamphlet like, uh, and it's very thin. And uh, Jerry and Larry have a little moment where they notice that people are saying now. Having said that, like you say something and then you say, having said that, and you're able to negate everything you just said. Uh, and it's kind of a trend right now, I guess. Meanwhile, Jerry tells Larry that Mocha Joe got really upset that Larry didn't tip him for bringing the jumper cables back to Tim Kaiser. <laughs> and Larry was like, what do you what do you mean a tip? It was a favor. I think Larry is correct. If it's not coffee related, Mocha Joe gets no tip. Mocha Joe is just Joe. At that yeah, point. it's not like it's not like he ordered delivery and says, "Hey, do me a favor. I I, I want to buy a coffee as well. Yeah, but can you deliver it to this guy? Yeah, and, exactly. And, and Mocha Joe could say, "Well, I don't, you know, I don't walk my own deliveries because who's going to man my cart?" And Larry can be like, "Ah, oh, what are you talking about? It's thirty feet. Just walk it over to him. What's the big deal? Yeah, that and- that would require a tip." And he was making a delivery. He was carrying a bunch of coffee. To, to the production office, and so he was going there anyway. So he was, you know, it wasn't an extra trip or anything. Even if, if, but even if it was like, oh, hey, on the way back, you're right there. It's the office is across the hall. Can you drop these off? Whatever. Like, it's if it's not coffee related, then Mocha Joe does not deserve a tip. He was going that direction anyway. I'm I'm totally not even on Larry's that side here. He was going to that, that same location. Place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Like it, yeah. it's not like he was passing the location as he was delivering the coffee somewhere else. No. Yeah. No. Not even that much work. Just drop the drop the cables exactly where you're dropping the coffee. It's funny the antagonistic frenemies relationship that I that I think I mentioned last week that I love so bad between Larry and Jason. But Jason comes up and you know they're giving him like kind of subtle shit about how skinny his book is um, because Larry tells him. That oh you know what I'll, I'll read it with dinner <laughs> like you can kill it in one dinner <laughs> um, and 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 Jerry needles him about like what is acting without acting like it's still acting right so you probably could have called it acting with acting <laughs> and and Jason kind of has to acknowledge that it's pretentious as hell without saying that like yeah it's pretentious as hell um, but they're really giving him shit about it which is funny. Because uh, he's like, well, I, it could be really acting with acting. Having said that, so Jerry already like kind of brings in another little inside joke that he and Larry just had about how you can say, you know, how you can give someone shit and then go, having said that, congratulations, you know, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Julia Louis-Dreyfus comes storming up to Larry and accuses him of not using a coaster and leaving a ring stain on her table. And she even gives him, because he tells her, I respect wood. I revere wood. I would never treat wood like this. And (laughs) she says, I believe you. Having said that, I'm not buying your bullshit about respecting wood. Yeah. Uh, Well, what's a what uh, I think the third one is I'm considerate of wood. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I I do know that like one of the only things I know uh, from looking up this season on on like the curb subreddit is that this is like. A breakaway like line. This is like one of the most popular lines in the show. I'm like huge. All right, yeah. 
I know. <laughs> okay. I know. I was as shocked as you were because I didn't remember. I was surprised at how little I remembered about this groundbreaking episode of like the Seinfeld <laughs> reunion. I'm like, I know I saw this, but I thought I respect Wood was from a, an episode that I had never seen from a, from like a recent season. Because if you go on like HBO.com, you can buy I respect Wood coasters and stuff. It's like on a ton of merchandise. And I'm like, wow, I don't remember that. I can't wait till we get to that episode. And here we are. And when I was presumably still watching it. Um, so I did not remember that. But yeah, it's it's a huge pull quote from the show. And, and just like you, I'm, I'm a little bit flabbergasted by it. I mean, it's funny. Don't get me wrong. But it's not no soup for you even. You know? <laughs> Like, it's not up there with anything I don't think that's ever been on Seinfeld. But, I mean, I know we always talk about it's it's a smaller audience that, you know, that watched Curb. But I respect Wood. I revere Wood. Over at Mocha Joe's cart, Mocha Joe, I guess, is catering with his coffee, the book party. And he asked... Yeah, the, yeah. like, what, why is he there? Why is he there? I mean, you said it earlier, Ted. I don't know if it's going to make the actual episode, but... People got to stay up late. <laughs> All these people are in their forties. They're at true. a you know they're That's at a, true. they're at a late afternoon party. I need coffee. <laughs> I need coffee <laughs> to make it through this thing. But uh, and he asked him about the tip. Uh, you know what's the why do you think I owe you a tip and uh, that he was doing work for him and Larry said it was a favor. It doesn't deserve a tip and so they kind of argue about that and and so he's like well let me tip you right now and Mocha Joe won't accept any tip right now, but he says you know what do me a favor and we'll be even. A favor for a favor. So all you have to do is go to West Hollywood and pick up my coffee. And Larry says he's not going anywhere near that direction, you know. And, and Mocha Joe is like, "All right, fine, no favor, whatever. We're not, but this is the only thing that'll make us even." And even though Larry would rather tip, uh, this these these are the breaks. And so Larry agrees, which I think is still way too far. Like if he was going to do a favor, it would be, "Oh, who are you making that coffee for, Julia? She's in the kitchen. I will take it from here, your cart." to the kitchen inside that's a comparable favor because oh, that's all mocha joe did he walked 100 yards to the production office yeah that's it the, yeah so it's 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 nowhere near the same amount of favor walking distance that's it that's it, you, it nothing in your car but larry you know i guess he's got him over a barrel because larry needs the ex larry doesn't want anybody thinking he's a bad guy <laughs> um if, if mocha joe was like oh i left something in my car can you go get it that that's a favor right there, but not not anything like this. Uh, but so Larry agrees to do the favor, and now he's stuck in West Hollywood traffic. And he calls Cheryl and says that you know it, it's it's going to be at least an hour until I get over there. And so Cheryl's like, you know, we'll do it some other time. Let's let's cancel. And he gets to Stern Brothers Coffee, and it's closed anyway because they close at nine, so he can't get the beans. Back on the sound stage for Seinfeld, I'm wondering. I'm going to write this down. How many other real crew members? we're going to see because I remember the name Tim Kaiser I think he was like a writer on Seinfeld and stuff I don't know if we see him in this episode but I'm going to see if there were like any real crew I don't know cameos I guess whatever you want to call them uh in this episode kind of like we saw the original casting director uh a, a couple episodes yeah. ago when Cheryl I, got cast unfortunately Eric Andre was not real crew <laughs> <I know. laughs> although he gets a speaking part this episode he, it, yeah. he gets a line <laughs> Yeah, he gets two lines. It's amazing they did this continuity, but they must have filmed a lot, you know, on the on the same day or whatever uh, in here. But yeah, I was I was impressed too that like it was more than just a passing camera uh, sweep across the screen that Eric Andre got on stage for or on screen for. Um, yeah, but Eric Andre was not an original. Um, he was not six years old working on Seinfeld or however however old he was. The later the next day, Larry finds out that Cheryl invited Jason over after she was forced to cancel with Larry. 
And so he's very, you know, kind of upset about that. And then Julia Louis-Dreyfus tells him that the table's going to cost $500 to get resurfaced after the uh, ring stain. And she still doesn't believe that Larry did not leave that ring stain. He says, once again, I respect Wood. uh, (laughs) And he is going to find out who did it. Uh, We're now rehearsing another scene. And this is where Eric Andre, I, I saw him again. I wrote it down. Eric Andre again. <laughs> I yeah. didn't know how big of a, of a, of a presence he was going to be. There's like a little fight over popcorn scene that they're trying to get right with like, oh, do you want some popcorn? I made it. And you're both kind of fighting with your hands over it. And, and um, Jason and Cheryl are getting a little too close for Larry's comfort. You know, they're being a little too physical in their comedy with them and like kind of hugging and stuff like that. And, uh, while Larry hates it because he thinks Cheryl's getting too close with Jason, yeah. Jerry loves it so much he compares it to Richard Benjamin and Paula Prentice. Of oh, course, Ted. Boy. Right? Wow. Of course. We couldn't all... <laughs> uh, couldn't go an entire episode of a show that features Jerry Seinfeld without a fucking pop culture mention <laughs> that no one younger than seventy five would get. I am writing it down for next week. We're going to find out just what the hell. He meant by, I oh, my God. didn't miss that. <laughs> yeah, Did not got... miss that. Richard Benjamin and Paula Prentice. Yeah, it's amazing that Larry, who seems older than Jerry, like we haven't had this same problem on Curb Your Enthusiasm. The only person who gets close is Richard Lewis. His references can be a little obscure when he's like, oh, who am I? Richard Benjamin or whatever, you know. But I feel like it, ha- it isn't even to the degree that Jerry Seinfeld does it. <laughs> um, so I can't wait to find out. But, you know, and, and it even, like, Jason gives Cheryl, like, a kiss on the cheek. Like, oh, I love her. Yeah, I'm having such a good time. Um, <laughs> and Larry is just, like, slumped and miserable in his chair watching this unfold. Uh, Mocha Joe comes over to get his beans, and Larry tells him that the it was already closed. So, you know, he attempted the favor, but he couldn't follow through on it. And I love how much Jerry is on Mocha Joe's side in this interaction. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? Good. Someone's got to stick up for the fucking, like... Uh, underpaid food service worker. <laughs> yeah, and while Larry was initially right, by agreeing to do the favor, not following through with it is wrong. So he wasn't he he wasn't on the hook for the favor in the first place, but because he agreed to do it, you know, he is a welcher. So I thought it was so hilarious that he's like, "You got jumper cables. What has he got? He's got a guy with a story about traffic." That was yeah. so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah, well, I drove all the way out there. He's like. Mocha Joe doesn't need people driving around for him. He needs his beans. He needs his beans. <laughs> driving to West Hollywood wasn't the favor. Picking up the beans was. He doesn't need people driving around for him. That's all you did. You got jumper cables returned. He's got a guy with a story about traffic. I thought that was so... But then... And then Larry's like, E for effort. You ever heard of that? E for effort? And it's, Which, it's A it's for a effort. For effort. <laughs> it's A for effort, Larry. What I the know. fuck? What an idiot. I'm like, what is E supposed to mean in that? Effort? <laughs> Effort for effort. <laughs> effort for effort. If anything, it's like it makes me think of the E on a gas gauge, like E for effort. <laughs> Empty. Yeah, you didn't do it. There was no effort that didn't fill the tank. So Larry is unfortunately back to being wrong in this instance. He had the high ground, and now I just feel like he doesn't have it anymore. Uh, over at Jeff's, uh, you know, Larry, it looks like he kind of like went over there for lunch because Jason and, and Cheryl like beat it right after the, they called lunch, and, and they're gone. So he can't interject there. So. He's kind of bummed out over at Jeff's, and you know he says that uh, they went in his car with tinted windows. 
who knows what's going on in there. Just like the only way to get your neck hurt is in a car accident or cunnilingus, the only reason to have tinted windows is to have sex in your car to Larry. Obviously. <laughs> the only reason, yeah. even though you live in Southern California. Yeah, even, even though Jason Alexander's mansion is probably very close by. And if not that... His huge dressing room is definitely nearby. So, yeah, I don't know why he would need to do it in his car, but but that's the only thing that, that Larry can think about. Your mind plays tricks on you when you're when you're that jealous. And so, and Jeff tries to put his mind at ease, telling him it's nothing to worry about. And then Larry notices a ring stain on Jeff and Susie's table. And he remembers at the party when he passed by Jeff and uh, Susie and Cheryl that Susie had like a Frappuccino-style drink and that she had it near the table that, that Larry is accused of ruining. And so he asks Cher, uh, Susie his pointed question. Do you respect wood, Susie? Do you respect wood, Susie? And he accuses her of leaving the ring stain on Julia Louis-Dreyfus' table. But she kicks him out as he inspects the table for more ring stains, <laughs> which I loved. And, and, and I like when Susie's like, I respect it so much. If I had a piece of wood right now, I'd hit you in the fucking head with it or something like that. <laughs> so back at the studio, Larry sees that now Cheryl has tinted her windows very darkly. Talks to her about like, well, you know, I, you went running to Jason pretty fast. Like the second I canceled on you, she's like, oh, you, you, were, you were busy with beans. He's like, busy with beans? What does that mean? She's like, you know, you said you had to do the, the thing. And I love, the, I love his line here where he's like, did I say that phrase, busy with beans? <laughs> he gets so upset at like the, like, I didn't say you said you were literally busy with beans. That's just the way I'm describing what you were busy with beans. Did I say that phrase? No, I wasn't busy with beans. <laughs> um, and, he, you know, Cheryl says that he's being weird about her relationship with Jason. As she kind of storms off upset with that interaction with Larry, Larry sees Mocha Joe and tells him it's all his fault. <laughs> this is all your fault, Mocha Joe. I love how they address him as Mocha Joe, too. That's like just, it's funny when someone has a, a nickname like that that is it's kind of cumbersome but you know it's like the name of his business i don't know it's just fun. mocha joe damn it mocha joe um, <laughs> he's not just joe will never be just joe so back on set they're rehearsing again and it's the scene where you know sh uh, where amanda and george are kind of getting close and and being a little flirty and larry wants to change the whole blocking he's like oh cheryl you come over here and sit on this chair and george will be in the bathroom with the door closed <laughs> Jerry, you know, obviously something is wrong. He knows he's known Larry long enough that he pulls him aside and says, we can tell anybody anything. But Larry tells him that nothing is going on. And Jerry gives Larry the famous stare, the famous stare down with a little something extra at the end after he says, all right. He goes, all right. And then he gives him one more intense <laughs> stare down. But uh, finally, the tables have turned on Larry for the stare down. I guess it's happened. I feel like it has happened once before. But Larry runs after uh, Cheryl and Jason, and he uh, he chases after them, trying to find out where they went. This is Eric Andre's first line. He says, "Yeah, they went down that hall, or something like that." <laughs> He's like, "Do you see Jason and Cheryl?" Yeah, they went down that hall. He's like eating lunch there, and Larry goes outside, and guess what? That Mercedes is a rockin'. There is definitely sex being had in Jason Alexander's Mercedes, and so he runs over and opens the door, and two huge dogs jump out, who end up chasing mocha joe and uh at this point i wanted to ask is was jason alexander trying to kill his dogs or was the car on there's no indication that the car is on i just thought it was weird that jason alexander left his two dogs in the car maybe maybe the car was on not supposed to do that so <laughs> in the production office in jerry and larry's office 
Jerry tells Larry that they're going to have to destroy the dogs because one of them bit Mocha Joe. Larry has to convince Mocha Joe to drop the charges because Jason loves those dogs. If they get put down, we got a show in three days. Jason's head's not going to be in it. You got to fix this. And Larry agrees and then notices there's a ring stain on Jerry's desk. And so then Larry asks and, and, and tells Jerry that you don't respect wood. And Jerry insists that he does respect any kind of wood, not just expensive wood. I like Jerry's line here where he's like, you care so much about a, you know, you're worried more about this wood situation than the dogs. You care about this low grade wood, but not some dogs who are going to be put down. When you go to a funeral, <laughs> you care more about the coffin than the deceased. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> uh, that was a funny turnaround. It reminded me of a, uh, like a classic Jerry Seinfeld bit where he said that like, you know, 80% of people have a fear of public speaking. That means when you go to a funeral, most people would rather be in the coffin rather than giving the eulogy or something like that. But so over at Mocha Joe's cart, Larry asks of Mocha Joe, will you do me a solid? And Mocha Joe's like, what's another word for solid? And he makes him say <laughs> favor. Larry needs another favor. And so he's like, well, would this favor earn a tip? And Larry pulls out a 20 and he goes, oh, that's for bringing the jumper cables back. And then Larry pulls out another 20 and shoves it in the cup. And Larry uh, and Mocha Joe says, that's for uh, not going to get the beans. And then Larry pulls out $100 and Mocha Joe tells him, one dog gets to live. Uh, that's when Eric Andre comes over and gets another line saying he's picking up some coffee for Jason Alexander, including a vanilla decaf latte. Now, earlier when we first met Mocha Joe, Cheryl was going nuts for her favorite drink, the best one she's ever had, the vanilla decaf latte. And so Larry pulls a wad of cash out of his pocket to get out of the situation, shoves it in uh, Mocha Joe's tip cup, and Mocha Joe says, stay of execution. So Larry has saved the dogs, and now he's got to run after Eric Andre with coffee for Jason Alexander, including Cheryl's order. And he goes to, he, he finds out that he's going to Cheryl's room, but Jason Alexander answers the door. And so uh, Larry knocks on the door loudly and barges in to find Jason Alexander escaping out the back window of Cheryl's dressing room <laughs> and Larry, you know, demanding to know what he's doing in there and telling Cheryl that George, Jason Alexander is not like that. You're attracted to George and George is me. So you're attracted to me, not Jason Alexander. He tries to explain to each other. I think his logic is sound. Yeah, absolutely. She, <laughs> she's falling in. She's falling in love, or I, I can't. I can't really say falling in love with, but she's getting right. close to the character that Larry David, her ex-husband, based on himself. Yes, everything that she loved about him, you know, that she put up with before she left, that's written into. It's literally their life that she's reenacting with Jason Alexander, and so you know, you're, you're not attracted to. Jason, you're attracted to George. George is me. You're attracted to yeah, those qualities. Not, she, she's not attracted to Larry. She's attracted to the idea of Larry. Yeah. The, the the benefits that Larry brought forward. The the good times of Larry. The idealized TV version of Larry. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So back on set, Larry has done a complete rewrite of the ending. He does not want George and Amanda to get together at the end. He does say that like he's like that's not us, and I agree with him there. But Jerry's like that's what makes it so funny. And I think when we see it, I think they did pull off the sincere ending well um, and, and found a funny way to write it. Um, so I agree with Jerry there, but I but I also, I could see Larry's argument. You know, it's, it's a poor one because I think they pulled it off well, but he's like, that's not us. People don't get together at the end of our shows. But I think the way they did it was very funny. 
But Jason reads it and, and he just walks off. He doesn't want any part of this new script. Uh, and so, you know, Jerry's like, what are we going to do? We got, there's no show. This is, and Larry's like, I will play George. I'm George anyway. I'll play George. And this was another great Jerry line when he's like, what are you talking about? This is like a groundbreaking television show. This set is an icon. He, and he po- starts pointing, Julia, icon. George, Jason Alexander is an icon. Michael Richards, icon. Me, icon. And then he points at Larry and goes, no con. <laughs> he goes, icon, <laughs> icon, no con. <laughs> and he's like, let me try one scene. And so they're like, all right, fine. One scene <laughs> as George. And he comes in and he, he plays it and everybody hates it. And yeah, everyone <laughs> hates it. No one's liking Larry as George. And probably rightly so, right? I mean, it wasn't. Yes. <laughs> people would it not have not accepted good. that. It was not good. Yeah, people would not have accepted that. And Larry even brought up, he's like, there was two Darrens. Everyone just let that slide. And, and Jerry's like, no one liked that second Darren <laughs> on Bewitched. So, <laughs> so Larry knows how to speak Jerry's language. Reference a 70-year-old TV show. <laughs> it's like, remember when they switched Darrens? If, if it was... If it was you or I, maybe more me, I don't know how, how much you love this show, I would say there's two Aunt Vivians. Do you remember two Aunt Vivians? Oh, there was, um, I, you could say there was two Darlene's on Roseanne. Sarah Chalk was the first Darlene, and then they switched out um, for whatever reason in, in like the second or third season. So there have been other examples since Darren of the old switcheroo in casting, but Larry went back to Jerry's era uh, to, to try to make his point. Uh, but yeah, every, everyone hates it because it wasn't that great. And so Larry quits. Uh, he's on the phone with somebody. He's like, yeah, I just walked out too. He's probably talking to Jeff is what I imagine. Yeah, he was like, the, he, as he explains, he's like, the whole show was for Cheryl. And if she's not, you know, if I can't work out my plan with Cheryl, what's the whole point of this? Um, the whole the real, whole reason I was doing it was for her. And so whatever. Um, and as he's doing this, he is next to Cheryl's car with the tinted windows as the camera zooms in and reminds us. So at home, Larry has, uh, you know, clicked on the reunion show. He is watching the reunion, and he's enjoying it. Like, we're, we're getting to see full scenes, too, of the reunion. Uh, yeah. Which, which are very cool, yeah. Um, in fact, it's so cool. I noticed this at the end during the credits. The Seinfeld segments were directed by Andy Ackerman, of course, who did oh, like a billion, cool. yeah, a billion Seinfeld episodes back in the day. And so he did, he literally shot those, and then they you know, put them into the scenes that the other guy, whoever directed this episode, directed. And so, you know, he's, he's really kind of enjoying it. And it's like warming his heart. You can kind of see. And then the scene comes when Jerry and George are at Monk's and in walks Amanda. Hey, there she is. And who turns around but Virginia? What? <gasps> what? Yeah. And it's at that point that the doorbell rings and it's Cheryl with a Mocha Joe order, some Mocha Joe coffee, and she quit when she heard what was going on uh, because Virginia was supposed to, you know, she was originally cast anyway. And she also got in a fight with Jason Alexander because she called his book a pamphlet, <laughs> which Larry appreciates because because know, it was because yeah, it was because a it was because it was. But also someone had the guts to tell him how thin it was. Yeah. Uh, straight up. So they finished watching the reunion together and they both agree it was like pulled off really well and and they really enjoyed it. And. Uh, they they even start smooching a little bit, and th- one of the reasons that that they really enjoyed the ending was because Cheryl agrees that Amanda and George belong together, just like Cheryl and Larry belong together. So that's when they start smooching. But then Larry, over Cheryl's shoulder, notices that she didn't put down a coaster when she put down her frappuccino 
on and the table. And she's very nonchalant about it. Yeah, she's like, oh, whoops, and just kind of like picks it up and, and puts it on a magazine. And, and he's like, do you respect wood? And she goes, I guess so. <laughs> Which I think is how any rational person would answer that question. <laughs> um, but she left a ring stain there, and he realizes it was Cheryl. She and Susie both were there by that table. They both had that kind of drink. She left the ring stain, and she's like, "What are you talking? What? Are- it's no big deal, you know." She's like, "So what? I left a ring stain. Whatever." And he's like, "I agree with you. It's no big deal." Having said that, I'm going to call Julia right now, and you're <laughs> going to have to tell her that you left the ring stain, and uh, and and confess. And that's when frolic. We don't get like a. It, it's it's sort of like fades up, which, which has never really happened with yeah. Frolic before. Yeah, I, I think it's happened like once or twice, but yeah. it's definitely not a uh, an always thing. I mean, over the course of the last you know seventy nine episodes, or I guess this is season seven, so sixty nine episodes. Nice. Nice. It hasn't done this more than like like once or twice. Yeah, it's normally the foreground, like letting you know, but it is very much the background while Larry is still saying like, "No, no, I'm just going to call her right now." And Cheryl's like, "No, you don't you don't have to." And so she's kind of reminded as you can see of why they broke up in the first place. Larry has not changed. He's still just as petty as ever, and uh, all all of his bad qualities don't outweigh all of the ones that were making her fall back in love with him. Uh, and that is the end of the episode. All righty. Tim, do we got any homework this week? Yeah, I wrote down like real crew cameos. I might try to find more. I don't think I'm going to be able to because I Googled the shit out of Eric Andre and Curb and like nothing came up. But who knows? Maybe maybe I'll get lucky this week. But um, yeah, besides that, that's it. All right. Uh, what do you what do you like for cover art this week? Man, I don't know. I mean, it is the Seinfeld reunion. If there's a good shot of everybody, that'd be really cool. But I don't know if there I don't know if there was. The only thing I can think is when Jason walks off, they're all together. What are you thinking? Uh, I really like the, the the shot of Jason like running out the window and running through the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, because that doesn't even look like him. That has to be <laughs> that has to be a stunt actor, right? Because their face is never shown. Yeah, you you, you might be right. <laughs> yeah. Espe- especially because like whenever Larry sees Jason pop out to get the coffee, it's only the arm. Yeah. Is that, there that's a like that's the that's the telltale sign of a stand-in? The only reason I feel like it might be George is because they do kind of sit on because he's running like there's no cover, so he's running to a bunch of bushes that are like a hundred yards away, and Larry's like, "We see you, I can see you right there." So that's the only reason. <laughs> I, and then he like kind of jumps behind the bushes. Um, that's the only reason I think we might see Jason's face, but maybe there was a cut between the running and then it's like, all right. Stand in, you can, or the you know stunt guy, the runner, you can go. Jason, you go over by the bushes and do the rest of the scene. So I, I don't remember <laughs> if there was a cut. Uh, no, but, it was yeah. just it was just a single, just a single, single take. There. Like you see, you see the the leg like pop out of the window, and then it's just bolting. <laughs> that is pretty funny because I think there's a good shot of like the back of Larry's head from that <laughs> from that scene. And why was he running anyway? Like, what was Larry going to do? Why why couldn't he have just? Where the, like, do you think they were? Do you think there was a little, an affair going on between Cheryl and Jason? No, because I don't think it's so not either. even an affair at this point. They're right. divorced. But I mean, but do you think they were getting physical or, or falling no. in love or romantic? Honestly, no. But me neither. I, I, I think I think George is like buying in a little bit too much to his to his character, so he is becoming Larry in a sense. He's I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and that's why he. That's why he ran because Larry would run because he would think someone knocking on the door would be there to beat him up, yeah, even if nothing's you know, going on. So yeah, and and this is Jason acting without right. 
acting, yeah. Tim. Oh it's all gosh. coming around. Yes, he's so in the role that he... He's so in yeah. the role. He's become George. <laughs> and by becoming George, he has become Larry. He's yes. acting outside of the stage. So he is acting without acting. A big... Holy shit. Wow. A big Frady cat uh, when faced with any potential physical altercation. Yeah, so that's pretty amazing. Pretty pretty amazing <laughs> Easter egg there that you just uncovered. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's see what we can do about this week's description. All right. So we had, in the Season 7 finale, yeah, a returned favor costs Larry quality time with Cheryl. It doesn't mention anything about the Seinfeld reunion. No, it does not. I mean, the name of the episode is Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. Not the Seinfeld reunion, not the reunion, not... The coffee. And the only quality time it threatens with Cheryl is that script work come on over after the party read-through. So I think we can do a little better job about the relationship as a whole being on the brink of failing and incorporate the the Seinfeld reunion. I just don't know where to start. Because um, I like, you know, jeopardizes Larry's relationship with Cheryl. Okay, I've got an idea. The impetus for Larry doing the Seinfeld reunion is put in jeopardy. It's not bad. What did they because say? Because the whole yeah. reason that he's doing the Seinfeld reunion is to get closer to Cheryl. What's the first part of the synopsis besides <laughs> in the season? Besides, yeah. a returned favor costs Larry okay. quality time with Cheryl. I wish they hadn't said returned because it does all go back to the favor. Mocha Joe doing a favor for Larry. So you could say like, a fa- and that does... Does that ruin everything? Can you really trace everything back to that? I don't think so. Because this was just like one little date. It wasn't going to be like, we're back together after I go do script work with her. So yeah, I I hate the whole thing. But in Jeopardy, I feel like doesn't say, does it say enough? The impetus for Larry doing the Seinfeld reunion reunion is put in Jeopardy. I mean, maybe you could even make it clearer and just go the Seinfeld reunion and Larry's rekindled relationship with Cheryl is put in jeopardy or something like that. But is that too, like, hilarity ensues? Is it too, like, MacGyver gets into trouble this week? It's like, yeah, well, we know that, you know. Is it too hilarity ensues? I guess that's what I mean. Hilarity ensues. Is it too hilarity ensues? Because we know there's going to be a... We know there's going to be some kind of dilemma. I I would be happy if we we could say, is put in jeopardy by by Mocha Joe or by a favor or by, you know. But that's not really... I don't feel like you could even trace it all back to that. The Seinfeld reunion and Larry's the Seinfeld reunion and Larry's reunion with Cheryl is put in jeopardy. Man, it's like by a by a burgeoning is that the right by a burgeoning relationship with her co-star and a uh, and a and a ornery coffee guy. You know, it's like it's way too long. But I feel like <sighs> I know, uh... I know. We might just have to sit with is put in jeopardy. So what? Just what I what I said before uh, the. Uh, do, do you want to use impetus? Because I mean that 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 frees up like six or seven words. Because we all know, we know that Larry's doing the reunion to get back to Cheryl. Yeah, and literally impetus is the force that makes something happen or happen more quickly. That's yeah. the the definition of it. Rather than the Seinfeld reunion and Larry's relationship with Cheryl is put in jeopardy. I mean, you do have to remember that that's the reason. But the impetus for the Seinfeld reunion. Is put in jeopardy. That's what you're saying. I said the impetus for Larry David oh, doing this. Oh, right, 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 right. I mean, you could almost you could almost take that with Larry out because 
he was the impetus. He convinced everybody to do it, and it was to get back with Cheryl. But I don't know. This one's very tough. Hang on. I, I want some. I would just want some outside help. I know we both got a. Okay. Larry loses quality time with Cheryl when trying to return a favor, and there's a reunion in the air. No, that's no good. Let me see what IMDb says. Sometimes theirs is good. Taping the Seinfeld reunion proves to be difficult after Larry's fight with a local coffee vendor alienates Jason Alexander and costs him quality time with Cheryl. How does it alienate Jason Alexander? How does his fight with Mocha Joe alienate Alexander? Nope. <laughs> I don't think it does. <laughs> no. No, it doesn't. Let me see. Larry is hopeful that his plan is working. Oh, man. This is like a full plot synopsis. Larry's plan to win Cheryl back puts the Seinfeld reunion in jeopardy. God, I don't know. I guess I guess we'll I'll, I'll, I'll yours is better than the um than the HBO one and I can't find another I cannot find another one. So, I I am happy. I am happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, so yeah, we'll just uh we'll we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. <laughs> All right, Tim, did you like this episode? Yes, I did. But I did not like it as much as the table read. So mm. I am going back and awarding a retroactive star to oh. the table read. Yes. Okay. I okay. know. You, you didn't give even a low star to I, the table read? I didn't even give it a star low because I thought for wow. sure the full reunion was going to be the better episode. But the table mm-hmm. read was the better reunion with everybody. And this one gave us some great – I loved the actual full scenes of Seinfeld. It is a great episode. Um, and it gave me everything I wanted as a Seinfeld and Curb fan. Like I, I wish I could see that actual real life episode of of Seinfeld, but um, <laughs> but it's just not as good of an episode as the table read. It's not as good of a reunion episode as the table read. So I, I I'm going back and awarding a retroactive full star and just saying that I liked this episode. It was it it was good. Maybe it's even gonna jump up above my other star lows at number three, <laughs> just because of the the icon level TV that we got to witness, but. Well, um, yeah. well, of course, we're, we're going to have to check with the judges and see if you can actually do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Judges? Oh, he's, he's okay? He can, he, he can do that? Okay, Tim, you're in, you're oh, in luck. You can oh, do that. Thank goodness. If that's the case, Whew. I'm going back and retroactively giving the burning a perfect 10. Oh, ha- hang on, <laughs> hang on. Judges? Oh, that, that's, that's where we're that's what? Where we're on the line. Oh, I'm Bullshit. sorry, man. I'm Who sorry. What is this? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know anymore. Damn it! Where do we get those judges? Oh well. <laughs> until, right. until our until our website is fixed, I really have no idea. <laughs> yeah, we don't know who this is. Well, fine. I guess the burning stays at a solid six point Fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, next week. Oh wait, did you we... like this episode? Oh. Yeah, yeah, I did. I'm in the same boat as you. I I'm lucky enough to have uh, already given the table read a full star. <laughs> um, it's not. It's not. I don't want to say I saw this coming or anything, you but got better taste. I mean, how how often have I been uh, built up and then let down by an episode <laughs> of Curb Your Enthusiasm? Uh, but no, I I liked it. I gave this one a star low. It's it's a a good payoff to the season. I, I yeah. think it's a good. I think it's a good end to the season-long storyline of the Seinfeld reunion of Larry and Cheryl uh, maybe or maybe not getting back together. We still don't really know for sure because of the end yeah. of, uh, of you know, Larry being so obsessive over the wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although I think it gives you, I mean, if, if, the, if the next synopsis doesn't let the cat out of the bag, I think it does give you a pretty clear idea if you watch Cheryl 
during that scene you know what's going <laughs> what's going to happen which i think is the funniest way to end the season that way like i mm-hmm. like that it's a little ambiguous but also you're like you know there's no hope there's yeah, no because, hope i mean larry larry even says early on we don't do happy endings yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> why would they get back together we don't exactly. do happy endings i feel like that's the, the keystone <laughs> of the whole thing it's like you should know based on that line and the yeah. end what's actually going on yeah well, well i mean we've we've uh, alluded to it but next week We've got season eight, episode one, The Divorce, original air date, July 10th, 2011. We're going oh. back to July for a, uh, a summer season. I had been um, 30 for a week. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you are looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see season eight premiere, period. Full stop on that <laughs> sentence. Uh, but after that, you're going to see Larry learns his divorce lawyer isn't kosher and rescinds a cookie order from a Girl Scout. I love it. I think it's a pretty good synopsis. Whether those plot points have anything to do with the greater, the actual A story, we'll find out. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So we know what's going to be going on. By the way, I want to remind you that we got to work our top five. Or, I'm sorry, top three. <laughs> Our top three. I was still in Seinfeld mode. Um, our top three from season seven at the beginning of next week to officially close it out. I just want to remind you. That's right. I often that forget. Right. Uh, and I, probably, I forget as well. I probably still won't do it until we are not alone. In that. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It'll probably be 1035 when I'm doing it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it'll, it'll be. It'll be once we've, you know, already connected, connected and and we're like, ah, oh, shit, I didn't do this. Oh, me neither. You're okay. Let's put the microphone down <laughs> for a second and do that. Okay. Um, yeah, but that is next week when we close out season seven. Okay. Is that it? Yeah, I think that is it. All right. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Haldwell. Be good. <laughs> <laughs>